Hello and welcome to the D&D Roundtable on the Tome Show Podcast Network. I'm your host, James Intercasso. If you're listening for the first time, welcome to the show. If you've been here before, do me a favor, go give us a baller rating on iTunes. It helps us a bunch. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. You just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. When you're shopping on Amazon, it doesn't need to be D&D products, guys. You need some socks? You need some underwear? You need a new mattress? Head on over to the Tome Show first. Then use the affiliate links before you shop. Holiday seasons are coming up. I know some of you are starting your Christmas shopping early. Tomeshow.com. Use that Amazon affiliate link. All right. Today, we are talking about the delay of Sword Coast Legends, the Rage of Demons expansion for Neverwinter, and Vin Diesel. Let's meet the panel and kick things off with our get-to-know-you question. What video game are you playing right now? And of course, whenever we talk about video games, we have a very special panel, the people of D&D, V&G are here, and we're going to start with the G, Greg Blair. What video game are you playing right now? I am playing... By the way, howdy, everyone. I can't wait to be associated with your Amazon underwear purchases. Um, I am currently playing an Android game called Merchant, in which you hire heroes, send them on quests uh, over the course of like five, ten minutes, get stuff from their quests to make stuff to equip them to get better stuff. It's this it's this black hole of, of stuff making and selling and merchanting and I can't stop playing it for some reason. But I love it. It's a lot of fun. There's even a little bit of animation in it. <laughs> you send your little warriors and mages out to kill kobolds and goblins and stuff. I'm Check on it board. out. It's, it's a fun little time waster. Killing kobolds is the best. It's racist. <laughs> Uh, and of course, one of the hosts of D and D V and G, Alex Basso. Alex Basso, what video game are you playing right now? So I'm gonna cheat a little, and uh, not something I'm currently playing. Something I'll be starting to play tomorrow, uh, and it doesn't actually come out. It is a beta. It is Warhammer End Times Vermintide, and this game is set in the Warhammer universe. It's a four-player cooperative game. We are playing various heroes and Warhammer factions that are fighting a massive Skaven invasion. And it's very, very similar to Left 4 Dead. If uh, anyone's ever played that, it's honestly, they copy so much from Left 4 Dead. But I think that's a good thing, because there really hasn't been any similar game to Left 4 Dead, I feel like, since it came out. So it looks awesome. Uh, it's a cooperative game uh, where you know you and three buddies have a good time, and... I don't know, for some reason I like the Warhammer universe a lot. I've never actually played a tabletop game. I've only really known it through video games, and mostly 40k video games. But, I, I don't know, I'm really into Warhammer Fantasy. I think it's because the orcs. I like the orcs a lot. Yeah, that They're funny. because it's awesome. That's why you're into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Reason, I don't know. <laughs> and, of course, creator of D&D, V&G, and host... Rudy Basso is here. Rudy Basso, say hello and tell the people what video game you're playing. Hello. I'm playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege Beta, which is five-on-five, kind of a callback to the slow-paced shooter that uses modern weapons. It's really cool. Uh, The entire game is destructible. You can shoot through the walls to get to somebody else. I've really, really, really been enjoying it. And you can watch a video of Alex and I playing and talking about it on our YouTube channel, which we're starting up again, uh, called Game O'Clock. 
So check it out, James. If you'd be so kind, put a link in the description in the show notes for this episode. I will, of course, put a link in this episode, and I will put a link to the D&D V&G archive as well so people can go back and hear you guys talk about some awesome Dungeons & Dragons officially licensed video games. And, of course, you guys are here because one of the games that you just recently released a podcast about is the Sword Coast Legends preview that you guys got to see over the week. Um, And people can hear you talk about your experiences there. They can see you play a little video. will be linked also in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Of course, with Vegas, who is also on the podcast with you guys, and with Mike Shea, who is on the Behind the DM Screen podcast with us. It sounded like you guys kind of had a good time hanging out with each other but that maybe there were a few problems with the game and uh and i don't want to go so far as to say it was a massive disappointment um but uh i'll let you guys do that since you played it um but it, it sounds like you were disappointed uh and now we're getting word that sword coast legends has been delayed yet again Uh, So I'm hoping that you guys can talk to me a little bit about why you think this delay has come. Uh, And Rudy, why don't we start with you? Uh, I'm not sure. From a technical perspective, you know, there are plenty of people saying, "Ah, I can't get into a game. I'm having frame problems. In fact, when we played, Mike Shea was having incredible frame problems. It was game was dropping down to something like single digits. Yeah, like five or ten or something like that. And he had a video card that should have been perfectly capable of running it. It might have just been the environment we were in, because when we moved to another level, it seemed to catch back up for him. But I don't know. that. So maybe they're addressing some of the issues there. But I don't. I mean, with a game coming out so close to release, they're not going to go back to the drawing board in any way. It's just... I, I'm not sure, to be quite honest. You know, it's a, a full month about, I think from 29th to the 20th was was the the time frame. So... Maybe they they want to add some features that people felt should have been missing. You know, I think a loot system really needs to be in there. I don't know if that's enough time to implement something entirely new. So I, I'm not sure. You know, I two delays is always kind of questionable. But since it's such a small time frame, maybe it is just like, whoa, we have a lot more bugs than we thought we did, especially after the head start with all these people playing simultaneously. Maybe it's a server thing. So it'll probably be good for the game in the long run. Sure. sure. Especially after all the feedback they got from the head start. (laughs) Uh, Greg, what do you think? You're part of this industry. You know a lot. Part of this industry might be a little bit of a stretch, but um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a stretch. But I do software, and I think look, any extra time you have to polish and quash bugs and that kind of stuff, it's always going to be have a positive effect in the end. Um, almost always, your your QA time seems to me get sacrificed for release dates, right? So I think it's props to them for making the call to push it back to try to make sure that their product was in the best state it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, like Rudy said, I'm not sure. I'm really curious to see kind of what the main changes they come into it with are. For the Head Start 3, which was not uh, the last weekend in September. It was the last weekend in September. Um, I didn't get a chance to check that out. I was on vacation. But the patch notes looked like a lot of 
uh, networking stuff. So not sure that I didn't really get to the, some of the meat of the other stuff that we were looking at that Rudy mentioned, like a loot system, but it's also really, really important for your game. It's just not maybe as obvious. So I wonder what else will be in Head Start 4 coming up. Well, the next weekend from the date of this podcast on uh, October the 9th. Wondering if, when they're going to release the patch notes for that because I haven't seen anything yet on that. Gotcha, gotcha. October 9th, great day, viewers out there. Also the birthday of the host of this podcast. Uh, so, you know, if you want to send presents, feel free. Uh, buy some underwear with the affiliate link. No Amazon. <laughs> uh, Alex Basso, what about you? Thoughts on this delay? Yeah, I mean... Honestly, I'm going to say it probably is most likely just squishing bugs and I, the lag definitely uh, would be huge. Or a lot of games I'd be playing with people uh, and they would be warping around or certain points I was playing with another friend of mine and we'd have a third character join the game and I would be able to see him. But I guess that player didn't connect to my friend, so he wouldn't be able to see him. So he'd think it was just me and him. Like, no, we have a wizard running around attacking stuff. He's like, what? No, we don't. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, just for a game that has a huge multiplayer component to have, you know, ghost connections or whatever uh, can be a big deal. What I really hope it is for is, you know, adding more into the adventure creator, which I felt was really, really bare bones and did not really come near any close to what I assumed it would be. Um, so if they would spend more time to maybe, you know, just little things like add in dialogue trees with NPCs or, you know, maybe a couple more zones, maybe some more bosses. Like if they do, you know, any improvement is going to help a lot. So I felt like you know, when I was looking at forums on the Steam Head Start, you know, there was a lot of negative feedback. A lot of people were pointing out, you know, how, this adventure mode didn't, or not adventure, but the creator didn't really feel that, you know, like there was much to do. So maybe they took that feedback to heart and they're going to, you know, update it a little bit. I will say for for the folks out there, Alex was our, was our DM. I don't think Rudy, you didn't mess around with it, right? No, not really. I watched him okay. a little bit. But. Um, so he would be the one to know about that kind of stuff. They did mention something about some limitations for head start three um i don't know if you get if you checked out to see the difference but on their on their site it said uh many aspects of the dm tools have been altered for balance and to prevent story spoilers but when you were talking about limitations it really sounded like like i mean dialogue trees aren't going to give you story spoilers you know that kind yeah oh so, i'm not sure yeah, i figured maybe they were just holding some special npcs or Know, monsters from being used, but yeah. basic tools don't seem to spoil things. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Is like if you could have, you know, obviously within this reasonable amount of time, what would you like to see them tweak? I do think, especially given how the the multiplayer aspect, right? That's what the head start is consisted of playing around in other people's campaigns. I think you're not gonna have the full yeah, the full story mode and everything is going to be for Head Start 5 on October 16th. So we won't be able to get a look at that. But so for all the dungeon crawl stuff and generic multiplayer bits, Rudy's right, man. Um, the loot system would be number one on my list. I don't know if that is overly ambitious, but when you're playing 
like I started up a module and then a couple minutes I had a few randoms in my game and I don't know if they just run to all the chests. We were basically all just running to the chest immediately and annoying <laughs> the enemies and then fighting once we'd cleaned out stuff. So that kind of <laughs> takes away a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't play a whole lot with randoms because honestly my son woke up and that was it. <laughs> but <laughs> I trust I trust my comrades on D and D V and G. I think that's that's going to be a crucial component for any kind of I don't know you in real life or even well on the internet kind of multiplayer matchmaking sort of thing. You got to have that. Yeah, the issues we had with the game are like huge design issues. <laughs> it's going to so, take a little more than a month to. Uh, to uh yeah, <laughs> and I I I mean that was just personal stuff. What we expected, what we got and what we wanted uh they kind of didn't align um but uh as a game yeah that that is the main thing you can't just it's so surprising that they wouldn't have a loot system some sort of role system um people are super greedy on the internet and they don't (laughs) want to share i know i I was awful with that like i was probably the person in my game <laughs> like you play any survival game like Daisy and people shoot on sight. They don't want to be your buddy. They want to take your stuff. And since there's no penalty in this for just taking the stuff, that's what they want to do. Um, yeah. Just and the other thing is, I would love the printing dialogue trees too that Alex mentioned. We played several modules. I gotta assume that that's going to be in the main game, and that has been planned for the main game because the the potential is so just squashed for online player-made modules, if the only thing you can say is, yes, I agree to your quest, or no, I don't want to do it right now. Because right. those were the only options when we played online. So Yeah, I mean, well, it, it definitely takes the role-play aspect out of it. Uh, yeah, entirely. Yeah, and we should mention, right, that, that this is all multiplayer, uh, that this uh, preview weekend you guys got to see. You guys didn't get to yep. see anything. Uh, well, <laughs> someone what? posted on the forums that there was a way to kind oh, of... Hacks. Not hacks, but you change <laughs> a text doc in it to a certain value and you were able to play the first part of the single player campaign and i did happen to get in there and play it before the game was the the post was taken down and it was patched within 10 minutes Mm -hmm. but since i was already in the single player game i could still play through it yeah um it was okay (laughs) i don't know (laughs) there was a twist early on i won't spoil the twist but the characters were like, here's an elf who's really naturey and divine, and here's a dwarf who's tough and telling you what to do. It kind of disappointed me from what we've read about the characters. So we'll see. It was interesting. Uh, it is definitely a lot more fun to control four people than one person. Huh, interesting. Interesting. Well. Yeah. I look forward to hearing your review on this, uh, which should already be out by the time this podcast drops, uh, your your preview weekend sort of review, and then, of course, the full review that I'm sure will come uh, when the full game drops, whenever that may be. Uh, so uh, if there's another delay, we will let you know about it here on the roundtable for sure. Why don't we talk a little bit about Neverwinter? 
Um, you know, it's a super popular MMO right now. Um, so Neverwinter has uh, the Underdark expansion, which ties into the Rage of Demons storyline. Um, there are going to be uh, a lot of different things. Obviously, you can go into the Underdark with this expansion. Uh, you, it sounds like, are going to be fighting demons and demon lords and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, also have it on good authority that R.A. Salvatore has helped write a bunch of the quest lines um, that are added with this expansion. Uh, you're going to see characters from his books, including the one and only Driz Doerden. Uh, and spoiler alert, because we're going to be talking a little bit about this, it sounds like you team up with him to battle Demogorgon, the Prince of Demons. What do you guys think? Do you think the possibility of going into the Underdark and fighting demons, does that make you want to pick up Neverwinter again and play it? Uh, does Drizzt excite you? Uh, what do you guys think about this expansion overall? And Greg, let's start with you. So, I think I might be alone in never having read any of the Drizzt books. I didn't read any, I've never read any of the Forgotten Realms books. I was always a Dragonlance guy, and I had, like, the Forgotten Realms box sets and stuff, but none of the books. So I don't have any investment there whatsoever. <laughs> I think, I think to me, the Underdark is really cool, and the idea of it. I, like, love the design of Demogorgon that they came out with. All of, actually, all of the kind of redesigned uh, demons that they came out with look amazing, I think. So... To be able to run around and fight him in a video game, that should be pretty rad. The Driss part and his associated crew, I don't really care. But as long as it's not like Driss and you are the little sidekicks and you're doing five, you know, five damage and basically just trying to run away while he kills things, then that's fine with me. I don't care. It's just window dressing. Uh, how about you, Alex Basso? I mean, the inclusion of Drist is not really going to make me go back to a game. I mean, I don't have too much of a connection with the guy. I did read a couple books, but and I mean, he's a, you know, he's a cool ranger, but to me, he's mostly the reason why whenever I play D&D, at least some one person is, you know, a, a, a dark elf trying to leave their society because they're the only good one. Or a drow, wow. Uh, trying to leave their society because they're the only good one. Uh, that being said, I mean, there are a lot of other things that never went through that I am pro honestly, after this, I think I'm going to download over the next couple of days because they just did some recent update. That's this massive stronghold PVP update that includes like 20 versus 20 battles over, uh, castles and just as a game, man, I, they, you know, if I don't look at it for a couple months, they add so much more. They added a paladin class, uh, a couple months ago. And I mean, I haven't looked at it in a bit, so. I'm, I, the fact that it's having so much success is really impressive, and they are sticking to updating it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, they seem like a dedicated crew, and they really feel passionate about tying it into the storyline, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, Rudy, how about you? It sounds like Greg's not going to check it out. Alex is. You're the tiebreaker here, my friend. What do you think? I am so excited to hear Alex say that he's going to re-download Neverwinter because I've been bugging him to play it with me <laughs> for months. And I ask you listeners to hold him do it and tweet him as often as you can asking him <laughs> if he's been playing Neverwinter with me. I think this is the best MMO out there. Uh, I think it does an incredible job translating 4E's <laughs> mechanics to an MMO. Uh, yeah, I about that. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of 
Baldur's Gate 2 was when Driss showed up and helped you fight vampires. So <laughs> I think it's great that you can fight with Drist at your side or whatever. Uh, I think it's fun. You know, in general, I don't really like Drist, but <laughs> it, I'm curious to see of how awesome he is in this game because, like Greg said, it's not fun if he does everything, but it is fun if he's there uh, totally. with his buddies. Yeah. All right, this one's this one's for everybody. If the opportunity arises that you can kill Drizzt and take his stuff in this yes, game. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Not even a question. Yeah. Uh, I have killed Drizzt in both Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, so, yeah, yes. There's a reason why they refer to your generic adventurers as murder hobos. <laughs> so... Well, and I think the the point about 4E mechanics is actually a good one. The, the thing I hear always about 4E, uh, the critics always say, like, great oh, MMO. yeah, it was a great MMO. So, uh, and it turns out it actually is a pretty great MMO. Um, so, yeah, props to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, it seemed like Neverwinter came out just as 4E was leaving us. Um, so yeah. it's nice that it's actually getting some popularity and not just fading away, you know. Um, and it would be silly of Wizards to do that because I'm sure the Neverwinter MMO brings them more money than the tabletop one does. <sighs> I guess maybe I'll download it again. Uh, <laughs> Did James, you play it? You play with us too. I played oh, oh, maybe man. two or three hours stops. <laughs> oh, I'll say one thing. Uh, Neverwinter has a better quest creator than Sorkos Legends. Oh yeah, Man. that's right. It totally does. Wait, Neverwinter has a quest creator? Yeah, yeah Neverwinter has player... Mm-hmm. I, I've played around with that. Not as much as the uh, Adventure Mode one, but or no, sorry, the Sorkos Legends thing, but one thing that is really great about the Neverwinter creator that Sword Coast mm-hmm. does not have is the that? ability to actually design layouts. Oh, nice. Of your dungeons, so... Uh, which is another huge issue I have with Sword Coast. I, we talk about it more in the podcast, so I don't want to go into it, but it's oh, just... The, uh, the fact that Neverwinter, which I know it was a big part, it is a big part of the game, uh, the fact that it just clearly outclasses Sword Coast Legends creator is kind of really disappointing. All right, Vin Diesel, known to many a Dungeons & Dragons player as the guy in Hollywood who plays Dungeons & Dragons. We know there's a few other ones besides him, but he's kind of the big name in Hollywood who does. Um, he's got a movie coming like out. Thrown out there, yeah. <laughs> he's got that movie coming out, The Last Witch Hunter. Looks pretty cool. He's like this immortal dude who goes around hunting witches, talking in his deep I Am Groot voice. Um, looks like there's a lot of cool action sequences where he's fighting all kinds of weird spidery beasts and witches and stuff like that. Uh, so he talks a lot in, uh, an interview with, uh, HitFix, um, that we will link to, uh, in the show notes to this podcast about Dungeons and Dragons and about how Dungeons and Dragons is important to him and how it helped inspire the character that he plays in The Last Witch Hunter. And in fact, the headline is, if it weren't for Vin Diesel's Dungeons and Dragons character, The Last Witch Hunter wouldn't exist. You know, uh, he is very passionate about this, and it's really awesome. And we talked about his birthday cake, I think, on one podcast, and, uh, you know, that it was made to look like Dungeons and Dragons books. Um, Do you guys think that when someone like Vin Diesel, who does have a big following, and he can kind of, through the force of his following, get another Riddick movie made and that sort of thing. Uh, do you think that 
this guy loving Dungeons and Dragons is now now with the popularity of fifth edition, and it seems like more people are coming to the table, going to organize play, starting up games with their friends. Do you think this guy could help bring tabletop role playing games, specifically Dungeons and Dragons, more mainstream? Uh, what do you think, Rudy? I think Vin Diesel has been a huge champion for the medium. You know, it always seems like there's interviews where people they kind of like. Hey, remember that time you used to play Dungeons and Dragons? Ha <laughs> ha! And he's like, "Yeah, I did. It was great. I loved it. It was a huge inspiration like, yeah, on what I yeah, do." It'll and do, he's, by the way, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's at a point in his career where he is huge. Like the Fast and the Furious mm. franchise is unbelievable. Enormous. So the fact, yeah, the fact that he is still talking so you know praiseworthily about the game. Is great. You know, these kids look up to that those movies and they think he's awesome. They're essentially superheroes in the movies at this point. So if this Witch Hunter movie takes off, then it'll be another like great moment for the industry to be like, yeah, look, 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 this guy, this amazing, really cool, clearly influenced by Dungeons and Dragons movie is out there. So if you want to have this kind of an adventure, pick up a book. This would be awesome for two reasons. A, because Vin Diesel is pretty awesome it just seems like he's loving life and digging games and doesn't care at all which is great so how awesome would a cameo be but then i feel like he would actually geek out about it like if you you guys should go and, and read this interview because i knew him as like oh yeah vin diesel plays dungeons and dragons or played or whatever he loves it it's cool this cat gets into serious mechanical discussions and this this interview has nothing to do with his movie it's about like oh no like they have this kind of casting uh power source that's more like this like he actually talks about the mechanics of what he was doing and that he he gets more excited about that than really talking about his movie i think Mm -hmm. so they talk about like epic level play this is this is a movie interview guys and it's not a movie interview at all so (laughs) I just would love to see him just kind of pleased as punch hanging out in that movie. It was so cool. This, it really gave me a lot more insight into like, what? Well, no, this guy really, really played D and D like super duper hardcore. That was, he was all about it. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. In fact, it, the, one of the opening paragraph, it says we were supposed to talk about his movie, but instead we talked about dungeons and dragons, <laughs> uh, which is great. Rudy. Yeah, a long time ago, maybe in like the early 2000s, I remember seeing an interview, it might have been on MTV, where a guy was like, hey, you know, what if you had to fight a bunch of bandits in D&D? And he goes, okay, what class am I? The guy's like, uh, warrior. He goes, all right, well, what level am I? He goes, uh, 10. And he goes, whoa, I don't need a weapon. I could just use my fists. Level 10? <laughs> Those bandits, are like, they're going to mean nothing on me. And it was like, this guy right here, he knows... He knows something about D&D. <laughs> he really does, though. And that's the thing. That does delight uh, me to no end, like it did Greg, and like it does you, Rudy, to, uh, to read this interview. What about you, Alex Basso? Does it delight you to see Vin Diesel, and can he bring D&D mainstream? Yeah, I think it's real cool. Um, can he bring D&D mainstream? I'm going to go to what was just said before and say, if he's in the D&D movie... Right, if this guy is turning a you know his last witch hunter witch hunter interviews into mostly D and D, imagine how much he's going to talk about it on the D and D press tour or whatever when he goes around you know to 
TV shows and whatever. And that, I think, would be huge. If they can get him in that position and get him as the main star in the Dungeons & Dragons movie. That being said, that's probably not going to happen, right? That seems pretty mm. optimistic. So, well, I mean... It probably costs a lot of money to get Vin Diesel in your movie. Yeah, I mean, but the, also, he's really not, like... The, like He's a huge star in the Fast and the Furious movies, but outside of that, like he doesn't have that many hits. Like The Riddick movies, are, they did okay, but they're not like super hits. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of skeptical on, how, on this movie's ability to you know, actually make a lot of money. So maybe I'm doubting Vin Diesel. So, but the, I, I do think he's... <laughs> really, really big. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. No, he's, he's not Will Smith, alright? That's all I'm saying. Well, no Will I Smith. mean, Will Smith has been in some flops <laughs> like, after Earth. Uh, uh, that was his son's fault, okay? <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. When it comes to, I think, you know, obviously when it comes to big stars, you know, he is far and away the biggest uh, guy who can talk well about D&D and get the respect of the nerds at the same time. So definitely oh. a great possible ambas- ambassador. You know what I'd love to see? So we've got Chris Perkins running Acquisitions Incorporated sessions, right? And they do that thing at PAX and Penny Arcade Expo, and that's cool. And those are pretty entertaining. I'd love to see a Hollywood version of that. Like, you get Vin Diesel. uh, I bet you get Stephen Colbert. Come on, you know Stephen Colbert plays D&D. I don't remember reading (laughs) it, but let's be real. This guy. Yeah. Anyone who knows this similarly and like he does, he plays D&D. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they could find at least two more other ones to fill that out. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I feel like that would be... <laughs> uh, Rudy? I'm so happy right now. I don't even know. Brian Posehn has a podcast called Nerd Poker where he's been trying to get Vin Diesel. It's him and comedians playing Dungeons yeah, & Dragons. Patton's on it, right? No, not really. Sometimes as a guest. It's other lesser known comedians, but uh, he's just trying. He's got like a whole Facebook group to try and get Vin Diesel to join. I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't really like that podcast, to be honest. I don't think it's very good. But um, yeah, that'd be great. I don't know. I think Vin Diesel's pretty, pretty busy. Uh, always. I'm just going to assume he's always busy. <laughs> well, and part of what makes that hard, right, is he shoots in a lot of different international locations too so when you're always traveling for big action movies to be on the set in tunisia or wherever you know um that makes it hard to maintain a DD group unless you're using an app like roll 20 what up uh uh, and even then uh your schedule is ridiculous as a big time movie star doing press tours do you know know, 16 hour shoot days that kind of thing but it would be awesome greg i have to say i agree if you could get stephen colbert and vin diesel and uh you know i don't know who else (laughs) kevin smith to play D&D together uh i would watch that you know i'm just gonna throw this out there if you guys are the listeners are really just roundtable listeners they haven't checked out D&D V&G this is kind of what it's like it's it's me being positive and trying to find the silver linings here and these basso guys just ripping me to shreds being realistic and facing <laughs> things in reality and Vegas being absurdist so yeah, yeah. which is uh, kind of fun actually <laughs> I'm smiling as I say it 
We would actually like to know what you guys think. Uh, we want to know what you think about Vin Diesel. What do you think about Neverwinter? And if you played in the Sword Coast Legends preview weekend, like, tell us. What did you think? Did you have a good time? Why do you think it's delayed? Are you bummed out about it? Do you want your money back already? Oh my gosh, so many possibilities. Reach out to us over at thetomeshow.com in the show notes for this episode or for the episode of D&D V&G that you are going to love listening to or head on over to facebook.com slash thetomeshow and leave us your thoughts there. Or you can get in touch with these guys. And how can you do that? Alex Basso. You can tweet me uh, at yo underscore Alex Basso. Basso is B-A-S-S-O. And uh, Greg has already started tweeting at Alex, I see. Uh, yep. <laughs> Time to retweet it. <laughs> done. You're done. Uh, <laughs> uh, Greg, where can people find you? I'm surprisingly a lot more active on Twitter than I would have expected. <laughs> so you can... <laughs> Who knew? So you can hit me up at NTS underscore QPOP. That's QPOP. Or similar name over on Steam if you want to coerce me into playing Neverwinter like these guys have. Awesome. And Rudy Basso, where can people find you? Hey, you can follow me at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. Listen to the podcast that has been mentioned several times, D&D V&G, out monthly. Uh, as you have said we we talked about the the head start next month we're talking about a game called birthright the gorgon's alliance Ooh. also um check out alex and my's youtube page it's all about the games we're playing and what we think of them it's called game o'clock uh hopefully we'll get an avatar or a picture that's kind of what I've been banking on. Alex doesn't seem to think it's important. I do. If you love these guys, you should definitely check out the D&D V&G podcast. That's D&D Video and Games or D&D Vegas and Greg, depending first on one. who you nope. ask. It's the first one. Definitely the latter. All right, everybody. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at James Intracasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Also, check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's the 5th edition world I'm building over at worldbuilderblog.me. There's tons of free resources for your D&D 5e games there. We're talking monsters, adventures, magic items, DMs. Go there, check it out. Backgrounds for you players. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and thanks to Greg, Rudy, and Alex. Special thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup, and to Sam Dillon for getting this podcast out there on the podcast airwaves. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to support the show. Buy that underwear through us. And if you like the show, please rate the Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to The Roundtable.